So, David, have you ever had a uh, dispute with a neighbor? A neighborly dispute. Honestly, not that I can think of. Never had a neighbor come over and say, I noticed your lawn's getting a little, uh, little unkempt. Would you kempt it? That never happened? No. Okay, well, you've, you've had a very nice relationship with your neighbors, it sounds like. For or maybe part, no yeah. relationship with your neighbors. I think our, our generation and later leans more towards the no relationship <clears throat> with neighbors side yeah. of this equation. Yeah. We have more interaction with our neighbors in the neighborhood app than the uh and then actually in the neighborhood absolutely um well a uh, a california man he was a uh, florida man no no surprisingly not a full we can't do florida man every week we could we could have a segment actually later in the show we should do this i, I there you know this phenomenon is is sweeping the nation everyone's listening to the pod um of Our googling pod. a florida man and then Followed by your birthday. Yep. Right. So in my case, a Florida man, December. Whoa, 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 whoa. Let's save it. Let's save it oh, yeah. for later okay. in the show. We're gonna save that. We're gonna save, so we'll I, save I got it. one too. All right. So we'll 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 the, live Google a Florida man. <laughs> live Google. <laughs> and see and, and type in our birthdays and see what uh, what Florida man stories come up. But in this case, a California man um, was required to lower his fence because a neighbor complained that his the current fence height was a violation of uh, the zoning requirements for the neighborhood. Sounds like a basic neighborhood dispute. Yeah. And so he, um, I think the fences in this neighborhood were like a maximum of 36 inches. Okay. So three three feet. feet. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like almost no fence at all. Quick math. Right. And so as a way to, I guess, get back at the neighbor, he did lower the fence, right? Which he claimed he needed because he had dogs... And they would just jump over the fence. Right, so he's trying to nothing. trying to keep his dogs in. Uh, but so he complied with the request. Uh, but as a way to get back, he um, arranged a permanent uh, tea party with mannequins in the backyard. I mean, it's weird. And they were naked. Oh. So um, in a case of be careful what you wish for, the neighbor now uh, has a view into his backyard of. Naked mannequins at a tea party. I, I, I have happened upon mannequins in stores that were not dressed. Okay. They're not exactly anatomically correct. So how offensive yeah. could this be? Uh, really? You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I guess more than anything, it's probably just like embarrassing to look at. Like, I wouldn't necessarily want to invite my uh, friends or uh, my church leader right? or someone over have a nice barbecue in the backyard right. when I'm mm. being greeted by the the naked mannequins. What would you name the naked mannequin family? Uh, the Johnsons comes to mind? Come on now. Come on now, David. We're a family show. It's a very common name, Johnson. We're a family show. Do you have a better name? Uh, do I have a better name? For the naked mannequin family. <laughs> For the naked mannequin family. Um, nothing I really want to say uh, for the world to hear. Okay. So maybe we'll, um, you know what? It would be. So, but obviously I'm not going to share that. <laughs> no, you are not. That ended weird. Well, they tend to. This is Subjectively Correct Sports, the only podcast featuring Anthony Montague and David Henderson talking sports. 
and other stuff like naked mannequin parties, which I still think I. How graphic? Anyway, anyway. I feel like that's on. almost like a punishment to himself, right? Because really? it's like he did all the work. He did the work, and also he has to live with the naked right? mannequins. Right. I'm gonna get back at him. I'm gonna give myself uh. chores. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, uh, please rate and uh, leave a comment on our podcast. Uh, Friends and family need to hear about our show. Give them our website, subjectivelycorrect.com. They can find links to our podcast on iTunes and Google Play. And hit us up with an email, subjectivelycorrect at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. If you were going to rate our show anything less than five stars, send us a nicely handwritten letter explaining point by point each reason you wouldn't give us five stars. Right, address it to the North Pole. Mm-hmm. Do that, and we'll work on all of your suggestions. After we get the letter from the North Pole. First thing I want to talk about. This infuriates me. We do a once-a-week show. Yes. Right? Once a week, we come in here on Mondays. We do the show at night. By, by Monday night or early Tuesday morning, our podcast is available everywhere all over the world. The whole world can listen. Well said. So... The thing that drives me crazy is waking up Tuesday morning and getting huge breaking sports news. It is infuriating. And this happened to us last week. I wake up Tuesday morning. I roll out of bed with zero energy because, you know, Monday nights are long nights for us. Pull open my phone, look at my phone, turn off my alarm, and there it is. Mike Trout signs $430 million contract. And I was like, no, it would have been cool to talk about. I'm doing the screaming man face. That. That emoji? Yeah. That's a go-to emoji. Not emoji, the piece of art. Oh, the art. See, yeah, that's a, that must be like, that's a 2019 thing. Because I really thought you were doing like the oh, emoji thing, which is one of my go-tos. I love that emoji. Yeah. I don't know why he's blue, though. So, biggest contract in sports or American sports? Ever. So, the is biggest contract, yeah, the biggest contract ever was Canelo Alvarez, who signed with the D-A-Z-N, Dazen, Dazen. I feel like boxing contracts and Dazen. don't count. Why? I don't know. It's, it's a sport weird. contract. Yeah. But it has to do with pay-per-view and stuff like that. But anyway... This is the biggest contract ever. What I find interesting about it is, uh, so Bryce Harper got the biggest contract ever, $330 million, mm-hmm. right, for 13 years. Mm-hmm. So what does Trout get? Trout gets $100 million more for one year less. Basically, it's Trout's agent and Trout himself, by extension, saying, we are $100 million more valuable than Bryce Harper in one less year. And that's an extension. That's not, yes. that's not the open market. Mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. there this were what, no there were no other bidders. There was absolutely no competition. But apparently, Mike Trout wanted to stay in L.A. He wanted to continue there, even though they haven't had great success. He has never won a playoff series there. Yeah. And so now the question is, can you build around Mike Trout when you have so much money tied up in him? You also have money tied up in the uh, it the machine. He's breaking down. Right. He needs some <laughs> oil. But Albert Pujols, Winnie the Pujols, one of my favorite players ever. He's uh. <laughs> I got a snort. Yeah. yeah. I got a snort, man. Involuntary snort. Like, I was not expecting Winnie the Pooh's. That's like that is, that brings up imagery I wouldn't uh, I would rather not have in my head. Oh, are you kidding? Oh, he would bat 300 if he went Winnie the Pooh on us. Anyway, so he he has a big contract and it's almost people are considering it a bad or a dead contract because he's not producing the way he used to because yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean, he's old and his body's breaking down a little bit, right? Sure. Still a great player, but just bodies breaking down on him. But what we don't realize is... Also, he's like 45, because... That'll do it. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Sometimes when a player is not born in the United States, we have a hard time ascertaining their correct age. And good hedging, lawyer man. Thank you. Good hedging. 
Uh, it reminds me of that part in Benchwarmers where the Dominican yes. guy that's like in his 30s yes. has a crayon birth certificate that says, I am He's 12. chugging a Bud Light right before he gets up to bat. Right, and crushing it. Uh, but anyway, the angels are paying Trout and Pujols like, is it $60 million a year basically over some of these parts of these contracts? That's Seems a like a lot, right? The angels TV deal only is $150 million a year. Mm-hmm. Plus, their owner, Art Moreno, is a bajillionaire. So. That's that's rare. I mean, we've heard of millionaires. <laughs> we've heard of billionaires. Sorry, uh, excuse me. Uh, cajillionaire. Well, okay. I'm going to fact check you. Okay. I'm not going to fact check you. I'm just going to trust. Cajillion? Several cajillion. That's a lot of cajillions. Yeah. When you were a little kid, mm-hmm. when someone threw out, well, I hate you, boom, your next step is infinity, right? So what was the step right below infinity? Like, I hate you a million. I hate you a billion. I hate you what? Before Zillion infinity. was in zillion, there. that's a good one. Yeah, zillion was usually after billion because I don't think I knew of trillion. Right. Um, but I feel like... Bajillion. Like bajillion is like bajillion, short right after bajillion, that, right? Bajillion, yeah. Bajillion was a good one. Yeah. Comes right after that. And I think... Also, like, in infinity wasn't the max. You'd have infinity plus... Two, right? Oh, right or right, infinity right. times infinity. We like, didn't understand infinity back then. Yeah. Infinity isn't even a number. You well, you can't even understand infinity now. I can. I understand the concept, but I don't understand it. Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, no. <laughs> Here's something I actually like. I don't know where we were going with this, but Me neither. I don't. I like um, something Trout said, and I'm going to paraphrase horribly, but it, the, the gist of what he was saying was he could have waited. Uh, until next offseason, tested the, the market, and signed with a contender, right? He could have signed with uh, the Phillies. He could have signed with the Yankees. Um, but he said it, fe- it would have felt like a cheapened process. Uh, I mean the process that everyone else does would have been cheapened? Yeah, he said for him, he wanted to experience the highs and the lows with the, with the team. So he wanted to stay with the Angels uh, because he felt like he had something to prove, that he wanted to be... You know, he want, he didn't want to just pull a Kevin Durant and go to a winner, right? He wanted to be part of that process of, of making them a winner. Even even if that meant suffering through bad seasons. Even said, if right? it meant never being a winner, right? Yeah, that's interesting. So I don't I don't know if he feels like especially loyal to the team that drafted him. Also, four hundred and thirty million dollars. That may have had some guaranteed. Yeah, well, yeah, baseball money's guaranteed. Like he could get hit in the shoulder. Tear something, never play a yeah. game, and he would get paid all of it. But, but I think I, you know, who knows if that statement's accurate or not? If he's just like you know paying lip service to the fans or whatever. But I think he uh, it came off as genuine to me, and I think that's that's refreshing. Um, you know, don't begrudge a player to go wherever they want to go. But I think you know, ring chasing does have uh, some some negative connotations with it. And that's the thing. It's just connotations. Like, we can't read their minds. Yeah. Uh, but we can read Kevin Durant's minds because we just need to find his burner Twitter accounts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I feel like it doesn't matter if players ring chase or not. That's their decision. It's up to them. Yeah, sure. And we shouldn't armchair quarterback people's life decisions. Or backseat drive. Or, uh... What else you got? That's the only <laughs> one. You, you hit the... You, or, uh... uh now you got nothing. Or other things that have similar meanings. Co-pilot fly. I was going to say co-pilot fly. Really? Yeah. Hey, how about that? We should do a show together. Okay. Whenever you want to. That's fine. Just no. let me know when. I'm good, actually. You don't want to do a show with me? <laughs> I'm good. Yeah, thanks. We'll go carry on there. Yeah. Uh, 
Well, I think that wraps up our baseball talk for the week because oh. we're still in spring training. Right. So one thing I do want to say about spring training. Yeah. So Mike Trout gets $430 million. Everyone was like, oh, is he worth it? I don't know. They all debate about it, right? His very next at bat, home run. Mm-hmm. And he hit it far, too. It was one of those where you hit it. And if, you know, if he were like a more exciting player, he would have like flown the bat into the stadium. Right? Yeah. Bat flipped it like crazy. But uh, no, he just kind of jogged on the bases or whatever. And everyone was like, well, there you go. $430 million man. Speaking of bat flips, one of my favorite videos I've seen in, uh, it was like youth baseball in, uh, I couldn't tell which, uh, which country it was in, but it was definitely not America. Okay. Right. And it was coach pitch. Right. Yes. And so this kid who was built kind of like, imagine if Ham from Sandlot mm-hmm. was like eight or nine. So like the Dinger Latino. kid. Yeah. Sort of, but younger. Okay. And Latino. Okay. Right. And so the kid gets up there, coach pitches it, Bing! he gives it that aluminum mash right yeah and he stares it down going to left field throws the bat and flips it (laughs) and takes his dear sweet time walking around the bases yeah that was glorious i want more of that in my major league baseball man (laughs) um i I think mike trout hit the home run 550 feet and like sprinted around the bases like it was his first time hitting a home run ever so i may have made um the biggest uh, mistake of my professional career today what do you mean like are you okay Uh, well i'm uh, yeah i mean we'll see but i agreed to um, partner with my boss. Yeah. In uh, fantasy baseball. Nope. Um, nope. So nope. That, I will be. That is that is a bigger commitment than your actual job. <laughs> I will not go near fantasy baseball. You have to keep track of who's pitching, who's yeah. not pitching. Yeah. Who pitched the day before when it comes to relievers? Are they yeah. going to see p- time today? Lefty righty matchups. Lefty righty matchups, especially if like you have any Dodgers on your team, because who knows when they're going to play? I purposefully um, ranked the Dodgers a little bit lower in my selections, just so I wouldn't get emotionally involved. Oh yeah, but I mean, you should be able to detach yourself enough emotionally that if you need to pick a Dodger in the right spot, you can. I mean, you shouldn't just knock them all down because you're emotionally attached to them. Yeah, but. Well, I think I probably ended up where they should be because emotionally oh, oh, so, I would inflate got their okay, value. Okay. And Kike Hernandez, third best player I, in the league. I actually wanted to rank him like my fourth best second oh baseman. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> this is the this is the problem with fandom and, and uh yeah. fantasy sports. Like when I fantasy was, sports first came out, I was a really big fan of all these teams, so like every every week my defense the 49ers the 49ers the 49ers yeah. they were good back then for sure but yeah i won't touch fantasy baseball i will not I did, touch it i did fantasy basketball in like uh 2007 2008 and uh my starting five were the starting five for the lakers wow how'd that work out i would think i was last in my league no way because the point of these fantasy teams is they're supposed to be fantasy right they're supposed to be like all-star teams so like right presumably if it's a 12-person league Every player should be no worse than the 12th best player at that position. And and you had all the Lakers. <laughs> and I had all the Lakers. So Kobe was good. Well, yeah. Is he? Was he a fantasy monster? Uh, back then, yeah. Yeah, he was very good. Very, very good. Our fantasy sports analysis is amazing. Your boss is so lucky to have you. quite good. Oh, throwing it, <laughs> a, throwing it quite in front of it. Very good. Uh, I did, uh, yeah. I did send um, my boss the proposed uh, kind of draft strategy round by round. Like, oh where wow, we go. this and, is serious. What do you do at work? Uh, work on very important things. I haven't seen it yet. And come on now. And uh, you haven't. You've never been there. Tell you what. <laughs> I'm a teacher. I have summers off. Why don't we have like a take your kid to work day? But you could like take me instead. Uh, I'll but, get you a top secret clearance. Yeah, I've only had top secret current. The end. What now? The end. What have you had? The end. Okay. 
Um, but set him the round by round strategy, and only got you know, he just had to tweak a few things. Just tweak a few things, and he's my boss, so I have to say, that sounds great. <laughs> that is perfect. I actually did agree with what he said. Right? Does he listen but, to our show? Uh, he knows of it. Okay, so here's here's something that I've run into sometimes, like when uh when I'm at church or I'm out to lunch, yeah. And it comes up that I do a sports podcast, even though it's like a rinky-dink small operation with very few listeners and stuff that we're just kind of starting out. What are you talking about? Uh, our podcast. Oh. That we're doing currently. This one? Yes. Okay. Did you have another one? Whoa, there's a microphone? <laughs> Is there another one? <laughs> that from? Are you doing another podcast? Oh, my podcast? other highly successful doing... podcast. Yeah, yeah. Who's, who are you doing it with? Uh... <laughs> if you say Brent, I will destroy you right where you stand. <laughs> Brad. Oh, good. <laughs> okay. Brent. I hate that guy. Yeah. I hate this fictional guy, Brent, I just made up. So, what were we talking about before I got fake mad at you about Brent? Um, the podcast? Just fantasy People stuff. come up to me. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah right. And, and, like, oh, you do a sports podcast? How do you feel about the 13th ranked Warford Terriers? Uh, well, they're, they're Terriers, so I like their mascot. Like, people ask me the most. A lot absurd. of bark, not much bite. Boo. Boo. No, but people come up to me and ask me very obscure questions about sports. Like, oh, how do you feel about tennis changing the rule that this is now uh, this is now a banned substance, but last year it wasn't? And I'm like, tell you what, I don't know. It's like, don't you do a sports podcast? Yeah. Like, I do. I really do. Like, well, if you you can't believe you don't cover tennis. <laughs> okay. Like, I actually legitimately have this conversation sometimes. And the person that I had that conversation with is probably going to listen to this and be like, oh, He's talking about me. Wow. And either be thrilled about it or a little bummed out because I'm sorry, we're not going to cover tennis that often. I actually would like to cover a little bit more tennis. Really? No, not really. I thought so. Yeah. I mean, you should, I mean, we should have a show meeting. There's no follow-up to that, but I'm just saying we should maybe do a show meeting one of these times. I don't know. We like talk about our show that we do. I kind of like how it's going. Do you? Yeah. Swimmingly. Dude, I totally just look like Schmidt from, uh, from New Girl right there. Not on purpose either. Alright, so this Robert Kraft guy. I love his cheese. Different guy. Wait, same guy? Mm. How else do you make a gajillion dollars? By being crafty? Macaroni. The margins on that stuff. How would you know? I mean, you got the cardboard, you got the powder. Where does that powder come from? What is it made of? You can't tell me it's cheese. Not supposed to be edible. You cannot tell me that is cheese. Like, I'm a teacher, so I I can I'm pretty familiar with chalk. Yes. And that's pretty chalky. Do you use a chalkboard or a whiteboard? Whiteboard. Mm, Caught in a lie. Speaking of being caught in a lie. So So what's up with Robert Kraft? Robert Kraft, be all like. Well, his attorney would be all like, what, is attorney, what did his attorney say? Like, his attorney said something, and his attorney was all like, oh, whatever, nuh-uh. And Robert Kraft was like, I'm really sorry. So I'm really confused about this whole thing. Th- yeah. That's a basic breakdown, right? That now, is a basic breakdown. I'm not an attorney lawyer guy. I, we have mm, one sitting next to me. Very few are. Yeah. Whoa, okay. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, though. It's true. Um, does anyone call you Esquire? Uh, no. Well, no. Your, um, your grandma and grandpa, every time they would send Christmas cards in the past, would always put dr anthony montague which technically you you have a juris sure. doctorate right yes but like no self-respecting attorney goes by doctor right we recognize at least i recognize that a law degree is not as difficult as a medical or 
or PhD, a medical degree or a PhD. It's first of all, it's less time. Sure. And also, there's the the. I mean, I never felt like if I skipped a class, like that could kill someone, right? Later <laughs> in life, right? <laughs> like I could just go back and read about it. But like, if I were in med school, I'd be horrified if I skipped a class. Like forever would think. Oh, what if it was that day that I was supposed to learn that this means this and don't do that or that means that person dies, right? Like always in the back of my mind. I guess that's a lot of stress that I didn't think about, right? Like if I missed a day of my education classes, a kid might be a little mixed up about uh, about uh, metaphors versus similes. But like you said, that's something you could quickly like just review and then teach correctly, right? Yeah. So you can, but, you can Google a lot of laws. Right? And like a lot of what I... Are you saying a computer could do your job? No, because a computer doesn't have the people skills that I have. Um, but, and for a PhD, like, you spend like eight years on like one subject and end up writing like 50,000 words on it or more. I don't even know how yeah, many... Of, of your own research and yeah. Yeah, and it's like a book that gets published and three people read it. And so respect respect to my phds out there um but no no one calls me esquire uh that was a really long answer by the way like i get i get blamed for giving long answers to stuff but all right so yeah that was like a closing argument in a matthew mcconaughey film (laughs) and as incoherent as matthew mcconaughey all right all right all right um all right so robert Kraft over the weekend he issued a what's being called an apology but I question the use of the term apology. Now, he does say, I'm sorry. Okay, he says... Sounds like an apology to me. Let's, let's just read a little bit of what he says. Bring it. In deference... This is him, quote. In deference to the judicial process... Judicial! <laughs> Dana Carvey. I, I have remained silent these past several weeks. To correct some of the misinformation surrounding this matter, my attorney made his first public comments on Friday night, the day before. I would like to use this opportunity to say something I've wanted to say for weeks. I am truly sorry. There you go. I know I have hurt and disappointed my family, my close friends, Mm -hmm. my coworkers, our fans, and many others who rightfully hold me to a higher standard. Throughout my life, I've tried to do the right thing. Mm. The last thing I would ever want to do was to disrespect another human being. Hmm. I have extraordinary respect for women. Oh. My morals and my soul were shaped by the most wonderful woman, oh. the love of my life, mm. who I was blessed to have as my partner for 50 years. Oh, I care about him now. As I move forward, I hope to use the platform with which I have been blessed to Money. help others to try to make a difference. I expect to be judged not by my words, but my actions. Oh, really? And through those actions, I hope to regain your confidence and respect. Those actions are on film, by the way, Robert. Um, Allegedly. What is he sorry for? I don't know. He doesn't really say. He just says he is sorry. He's He's sorry for disappointing people. He never once in his apology says what he did. And as far as I'm concerned, an apology is saying sorry for doing something. Sure. Right? And so, in my opinion, this is not an apology, right? This is a plea to um, media, to the NFL to potential advertisers, sponsors, uh, partners of the Patriots. Uh, A way of him um, putting out, I guess, a brave face, maybe. But it's not an apology. 
So he's not admitting at all in this uh, this supposed apology. He doesn't admit at all to any wrongdoing, is what you're saying. That's right. And in fact, the day before, and you can't tell me that he had a change of heart in 12 hours. So then the night before this statement comes out, his attorney issues the following statement. There was no human trafficking and law enforcement knows it. The video and the traffic stop were, were illegal and law enforcement just doesn't want to admit it. The state attorney needs to step up and do the right thing and investigate how the evidence in this case was obtained. Um, and can I just say something? You called this exact yeah. thing a couple weeks ago. It's true. And I know that, I mean, you're going to be humble about it, but I'm going to talk you up a little bit because I don't think across sports, media, sports media anywhere, do we have someone who broke down this as thoroughly and as intelligently as you did and then predicted what the... Uh, legal counsel for Robert Kraft would do, and then they did exactly what you said they were going to pursue. I mean, almost word for word, you said that they were going to be looking for this exact thing. Yeah. And I find that very impressive. Thank you. You're welcome. And all four of you that are listening this week, I'm sure you find it impressive too. Yeah, I mean, it was it was pretty, pretty clear to me that the correct course of action was going to be to question how the the evidence was obtained, right? right. Because you can't say, no, he didn't do it. Because there he is on video. Because... Right. They have the smoking gun, like we talked about, right? And so all you can do is say, what? Keep going. David. Keep going. David. Keep going. (laughs) All you can do is say the evidence that was obtained was obtained in the wrong way, the warrant was issued incorrectly, and a host of other procedural things that may have been messed up along the way. And so they have rejected. There was a a plea. Um... Uh, that was offered to Kraft mm-hmm. and his team, where he would have to admit, not that he was guilty, of course not, of the actions they they uh, that he's charged with, but that he that the evidence presented at trial would, let's see how to phrase this, he would he would have to admit that he would essentially like be convicted based on the evidence that they had. So the distinction is. I didn't do it, but the evidence that you have shows me doing it. But I'm not admitting I did it, okay? Versus I did it, yeah, your evidence is going to corroborate that I did it, right? Because what can happen? Okay, say, say, you're, say you're on trial for murder, okay? And there's, a, there's four witnesses that will say, point at you and say, yeah, he's the guy who killed it. But you know, you don't have an alibi but you know in your heart, well, I didn't kill that person. Like, maybe someone who looked exactly like me did, but I didn't do it. And they offered you a plea. You could feel in your heart comfortable that, okay, I will admit, based on the evidence you have, I would be convicted. Okay, so based on the evidence that you're presenting right now, even though I did not do this, mm-hmm. the jury would convict me. Yes. Because the evidence against me is that strong. Yes. But I am I am admitting that mm-hmm. while also saying, even though it looks overwhelmingly like I did this thing... I did not do this thing. Yeah, you're not admitting guilt. You're admitting that you would be found guilty. So in this case, where it's not like an eyewitness, it's like a video Mm -hmm. that people will be able to see. Mm -hmm. How is that the same as the eyewitness idea that you just presented? Uh, Well, I I mean, you could have someone who looks like Robert Kraft, right? I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just saying. And it depends on what exactly they're charging him with, right? Yeah. And so, but but that was the the plea that was offered and was rejected. And it's not uncommon that the first offer is rejected, right? Unless it's 
just a get out of jail free card and you don't have to admit anything and uh maybe you just have to donate some money to some charity or something like that maybe maybe you accept that but um his team decided to reject this and maybe the next offer he won't actually have to say anything i mean who knows maybe they just dropped the case in in uh in return for his cooperation with a larger investigation which appears to be a human trafficking situation allegedly yeah well we'll see i think there are conflicting reports even now about that as to whether or not these women were held there um involuntarily so who knows it could hopefully this doesn't end up being um a big snafu on the police's part and the the investigation was done correctly and hopefully this doesn't all just fall apart and everyone walks and the story goes away right like that's the worst case scenario I like how you said police S. <laughs> I didn't know how to make it possessive. <laughs> Did you just say police? Yeah. The police is. No? I don't know. That's great. My uh, the way the way your kids say polices makes me it just makes me they don't say like police officers yeah. or cops. They say, I saw two polices and it's like my favorite thing. That right? That's that reminded me of. That's where they get it, clearly. Mm. So more more legal stuff happens. I feel like for the last month every every week for the last month some legal thing has happened that i think my gosh anthony's gonna know how to break this down perfectly the intersection of sports and politics and the law has never been greater yeah because players are more political right or at least uh, as political as they ever have been right it seems like and open with it with social media they can put their political views out there in an instant Mm -hmm. i mean look at lebron james he's not going to shut up and dribble he's going to literally say i don't like that president i'm not going to sit and talk with him even if he invites me and because of social media and our 24-hour news cable society every indiscretion a player has legal moral etc is going to be broadcast widely and frequently and so where not to disparage the great mickey mantle i'm just gonna throw him out there if he did something illegal in new york it may just be covered up like it may just not ever get reported i mean you have this with like jfk right like he had some indiscretions in the white house but there was kind of a wink wink nudge nudge with the reporters like we're not gonna cover this because you know like he's He's doing good things as president. Like, let's not rock the boat here. Could you imagine that? Doesn't matter who's in office today. Could you imagine a reporter sitting on something like that? No, not when they can get famous. Not when you can get clicks, right? Right. And so everything today you can monetize, right? Any bit of information Except you can for monetize. This podcast. <laughs> that hurts. It cuts deep. Um, That's deep for you. Ah. <laughs> uh, so, I don't know, uh, you got me. You got me off my train of thought, David. Woo-woo! Uh, where was I going? Something about monetizing things. You can monetize anything, clickbait. Could you imagine a reporter sitting on that story of a president doing something wrong or illegal? Oh, yeah. So, this intersection of sports, law, politics, moral... Uh, that confluence. Turpitude. Right. Um, it's all going to get reported. And so, to have good, accurate comprehensive complete coverage you can't just have the sports analyst right uh you need to pull in people from multiple disciplines to to properly analyze these situations right and that was a complaint i had i think last week or the week before about how you know because we have all these stories um that have some kind of legal aspect and the the sports reporter reporting on legal matters 
it it leaves much to be desired. Right. So you, you either have a sports journalist trying to cover law stuff and they're inadequate there, and then you might have law reporters or maybe former attorneys who are reporting on the law who don't understand the sports aspect of it well enough. But then here comes Anthony Montague, the trained practicing attorney. Sports who junkie attorney. Is also <laughs> a sports broadcaster. Sure. I didn't say professional. Okay, yes. Amateur. That's how you that's how you hedge. Um yeah. But are you are you broadcasting right now? Theoretically, this is going out into the world. Sure. Yeah. There you go. Professional. Well, I mean, sorry. Sports broadcaster and practicing attorney. So another story that's come up in sports recently is this Stormy Daniels attorney guy who maybe was going to run for president thing. <laughs> and this dude is all of a sudden not running for president, probably for good reason now, because according to, you know, people, he's done some shady stuff. All right. So we're talking about Ma- Michael Avenatti. That guy. Um, that guy. Yeah, the Michael celebrity attorney. He uh, <laughs> he, he's like, he is. Yeah, he he's, is a celebrity he's an attorney, and he's a celebrity, and he represents celebrities as well, right? But a double meaning. Yes. Whoa, English teacher likes. Um, so he was arrested this morning. Uh, let's go over what happened and how it's related to sports. So a few days ago, last week, he called. Uh, he was recorded in a meeting with Nike attorneys and a fellow co-conspirator. We'll get to that co-conspirator later. Um, making demands of Nike to pay him and a, a client of his um, one and a half million dollars to the client and somewhere around 20, 25 million dollars for Mr. Avenatti and his co-conspirator. Now, what were they claiming from Nike, or were they, what was the what was the base of, of asking for this money? And I want to make sure the people that are listening understand that you got this straight from the source. Yeah, right? I, this isn't you getting the analysis I read, from. I read else. a couple of news reports on it, and I felt uh, like I was getting fifty percent of the story, and so I I read the entire. I mean, it's not super long; it's maybe. 11 pages, but the actual filing that the Southern uh, District of New York um, um, filed uh, earlier today for the, uh, let's see, it's with the the cases United States of America versus Michael Avenatti. Southern that would District suck. Of <laughs> United States of America versus, enter your name here, oh man. Yeah, so it's 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 the uh, U.S. attorneys um, filing with the the Southern District uh, Court, which is which is the court that sits uh, like in Manhattan and handles all of the a lot of the white collar financial uh, crimes that are prosecuted, uh, Wall Street type of things. And um, I mean, how frightening is that to get the United States versus you? <laughs> so Avenatti and his co-conspirator, who is also an attorney, claimed to have a client who is a coach of an AAU basketball team, okay? And for those who don't know, AAU is is a kind of nationwide basketball program that's separate from high school. And, um, and colleges. And colleges. And it's usually like the elite type players who they may play for their high school as well, but then in the non-basketball season or even sometimes during that basketball season, they will also play on their AAU team, which travels, goes to big fancy tournaments. Teams are often sponsored, legally sponsored, by Nike, Adidas, etc. So, for example, LeBron James' kids and Dwayne Wade's kids, they play on AAU teams. Yeah. And so... This this client that they have, this coach of the AU basketball team, 
had a $72,000 a year contract with Nike that Nike was paying, and this was legal. They, they were they were sponsoring this team, okay? Right. I just, I, I'm sorry. It's just a little, anyway, keep going. Yeah. Um, Cut, it cuts a little deep, but that's okay. <laughs> and they decided to not, Nike decided to not renew that contract, okay? And what the this coach is claiming through his attorneys, Avenatti and the co-conspirator, is that he has information that Nike employees going up to the top levels of Nike were making payments to some of those athletes on the AAU team and their family. Essentially, making Nike making direct payments to these high school-age kids and their families so that they would agree to be Nike athletes in the future. So, and this is illegal. Why? Well, it's, It has nothing to do with the high school or the colleges, right? Well, yeah, I mean... Well, one thing is you can't play. It's like an NCAA violation, right? You can't pay. Uh, you can't receive payment for your play, and before, then go and play, in the and then go play in, in the NCAA. Okay, that's why um, players don't go overseas and then come back, right? Like go overseas to play basketball in the professional European leagues and then come back. They can't do that to go to college after that, right? I don't believe so. I don't think you can have been pro and then compete at, on as amateur. Okay, right? um, and there may be other crimes associated with that, or. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know that aspect as well okay. uh, as to why that's necessarily illegal activity. I know it is a violation of NCAA rules. Okay, um, so this coach claimed that he had information that Nike was doing this. Okay, and so the demand was that the coach would be paid one and a half million dollars. Okay, and that the attorneys, Mike Levinati and co-conspirator. Uh, and that's what I keep saying, co-conspirator, because that's actually how they refer to this other individual in the in the official complaint. Okay, uh, would be paid to investigate to run an internal investigation on Nike. So Nike would hire them to conduct an internal investigation into any misdeeds that that Nike has with regard to paying underage players. Okay, and they even pitch it as, hey, this could be good for you because if we find stuff, which we will, because we know of stuff, uh, you can self-report and then it would be, it would look better if it came from you than from a journalist or some other source. Or from us. Or from us. Hmm. Um, All that sounds good, right? Sure. Um, It sounds like they're trying to do Nike a solid. uh, Except that, one, they want somewhere in the neighborhood of $20 million to run this investigation. Sure. And two... And Nike hasn't requested this investigation, okay? Right? Nike didn't approach them, right. okay? Two, they say, if you don't hire us and if you don't pay our client $1.5 million, we are going to have a press conference and we're going to lay out everything you're doing that we know of. So basically threatening Nike. Yes. They are threatening to ruin or damage Nike's reputation by going forward with these... Uh, with 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 reports that Nike is in violation um, by paying these players uh, in in AAU clubs, okay, and <laughs> all right. So what I want to do, I want to read a little bit from the complaint, just because it's so to me it's so interesting. I hope you find it interesting. So what I what I thought was funny is I was sitting here like ready to do the show, and you over here like laughing to yourself reading this. Boring legal document. Yeah. So I'm interested to see what's in here. So, so just just to set it up, I guess. So Nike, uh, a Nike attorney, right? So someone like me at my company, right? But uh, an attorney at Nike um, 
fields a call from co-conspirator and Michael Avenatti, and they get the initial kind of breakdown um, of what Avenatti and co-conspirator want, right? They, they, they make the, the initial demand of them, okay? Right after that, this attorney contacts the FBI and like, says... Hang up the phone. They, they realize why, right away this is a shakedown, okay. right? That, that they're being extorted, okay? And so they contact their outside counsel, so a, a law firm that represents Nike. They contact the FBI. And so with their outside counsel... They agreed to have meetings with Avenatti and co-conspirator at the law firm's offices. And the FBI, law, law enforcement agencies involved, um, are in on this. And they um, ask that the attorneys record both audio and, and video these conversations that they have. And so you have conversations over the next couple days with Avenatti, with co-conspirator, and then making their demands. And what's hilarious is that essentially these attorneys are going in and saying, okay, so this is the deal that you presented to our client before. Like, let's just, let's just, uh, let's just make that like firm. Like what it is, what is it exactly that you want? So from your own mouth, tell us what you told them before to get them all recorded. Exactly. Right. And you would think that two very experienced attorneys like Avenatti and his co-conspirator would recognize, hmm, they're having me repeat information I already gave over the phone, but now in person in their offices, something might be up. But apparently that never dawned on them. So so, so basically they were dum-dums. So March 19th, so this was, what, uh, Tuesday of last week, let's say, early, ni- early last week, um, was the initial meeting with the in-house attorney. Okay. The next day, March 20th, now they're now in the law firm's offices okay okay and they have a another conversation and avenatti says in this meeting that he expected and this is quote to get our guy uh get a million five for our guy and to be hired to handle the internal investigation uh and if you don't want to do that we're done here okay and then he went on to reiterate the threats that he had made the day before and then i'm gonna have to severely edit some of this language because really? he's yes um so he goes on to say i'm not messing around with this i'm not continuing to play games this is avenatti you guys know enough now to know you've got a serious problem and it's worth more expo- in exposure to me to just blow the lid on this thing a few million dollars doesn't move the needle for me oh i'm just being really frank with you so if you just say it was uh so if it, sorry so if that's what if if that's what's being contemplated then let's just say it was good to meet you and we're done i'll proceed with my press conference tomorrow i'm not messing around with this thing anymore so if you guys think that you know we're gonna negotiate a million five and you're gonna hire us to do an internal investigation but it's gonna be capped at three or five or seven million dollars like let's just be done and i'll go and i'll take $10 billion off your client's market cap, but I'm not messing around. Every time I said messing, he did not actually say messing. I so, can say the actual word. So what he's saying here is, don't think you can buy me off with three or five or seven million dollars. That doesn't even move the needle for Avenatti. doesn't move the needle. Not worth my time. I would rather do the press conference and get paid a lot of money to go on news shows, do interviews, etc. Right? And just further build my fame. Um, and he says... If you don't pay me the money, if you don't do this, I'll take $10 billion 
off your client's market cap. So that's like the stock, right? The now stock in the company. Basically damaging Nike's reputation to the point where it loses money. And he's claiming to the tune of $10 billion. Yeah. So every time there's like a sell-off of shares, right? So if you're, you, you watch a stock market, it goes up and down, right? And so if people feel like the company's been damaged in some way, they may sell their shares. Enough people do it, the, the stock starts to tank. And a company that was valued at $20 billion overnight could be valued at $10 billion because half of the investors fled, right? Yeah, okay. Um, and that's what he's threatening to do to them, basically. That's what he's threatening to do. He's saying he's got information so damaging that investors are going to flee, okay? And in fact, some of that actually happened this morning. We'll, we'll get there. Um, all right, so Avenatti and Co-Conspirator 1, they continue to discuss the internal investigation. Uh, they said they'd be looking at tens of millions of dollars, if not hundreds. Uh, it's crazy. Um, all right, I'm just skipping forward. The next day, they have another meeting. My favorite part of all this is getting him word for word. That's the best part. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, so again, the next meeting, March 21, in the in the attorney's offices in New York. Um, and this is all being recorded by the FBI. This is all being recorded, video and audio. And Avenatti started again. He said, all right, for the internal investigation and... And the attorneys, the attorneys did such great work here because they said, now just to be clear, like if we wanted to just pay the guy, the coach, one and a half million dollars, could we just do that and just be done with this? And Avenatti and Co-Conspirator 1 were like, no, you have to pay us too. And that's really where they go wrong. Like, like it's questionable that even paying the coach wouldn't be some form of extortion because I'm not sure if the coach would actually have standing to sue Nike. Like, I don't know what damage... Um, he incurred, right? Like, I don't know how he's a victim in all this. If anything, if Nike is paying players to be on his team, it's an advantage for him. Yeah. Um, and so it may be extortion anyways by just requesting one and a half million dollars. But it'd be extortion. I mean, the attorneys would be liable too, but it'd be more on... The client would be would be involved, right? Right. Here, it's extortion perhaps by the the coach, but it's really by the attorneys because they're looking to enrich themselves. Okay. Um... <laughs> Oh, let's see. You're getting it kind, of, the, kind of reiterates a lot of the same things. You're we getting already the lawyer about. giggles. You're like, we mm, lost stuff. Like, you're so excited about this. And finally, they say, okay. Well, Nike says the Nike's attorneys. They say, okay. Well, what if we want to just be done with this? Like, we don't really want you guys to do an investigation. What it'll just take for everyone to go away? Like, for just let's just be done with this. And they say, if Nike wants to have one confidential settlement and we're done, then they can buy that for twenty-two and a half million dollars and we're done. Full confidentiality. We we ride off into the sunset. This guy, he's he's such a character. <sighs> this sounds like a poorly written movie. I mean, all of this sounds like a poorly written movie. Yeah. Like he saw some Netflix show about attorneys defrauding people and thought he'd give it a shot against in, Nike. In the March 21st meeting, he, he reiterates what his strategy will be if they don't pay him. Sure. He says, I just want to share with you what's going to happen if we don't reach a resolution. He said, as soon as this becomes public, I'm going to receive calls from all over the country, from parents and coaches and friends and all kinds of people. This is always what happens. And they're all going to say, I've got an email or a text message or now 90% of this is going to be BS because it's always BS 90% of the time, always, whether it's R. Kelly or Trump, the list goes on and on. <laughs> he says all this, but 10% of it actually is going to be true. And then what's going to happen is that this is going to snowball. And every time we get more information, that's going to be 
in, in the Washington Post, the New York Times, ESPN, a press conference, and the company will die. Not die, but they're going to incur cut after cut after cut after cut, and that's what's going to happen as soon as all this thing becomes public. Can you believe that? No. That is... <laughs> I don't know. Listener, I don't know if you got tingly, but I got tingly reading <laughs> that, okay? Uh, it, and why, why did you get tingly because of that? Like, what about that I is mean, so shocking to you as an attorney? Just the fact that, and I guess you know this intuitively, but like you see it every time there's a scandal and there's people who hop on. Like all of a sudden there's like, there's one person who steps forward and you know, maybe it's legitimate, maybe it's not. But then all of a sudden you have 10 other people who come out of the woodwork, right? And he's essentially admitting here and he's represented people who have come out of the woodwork, right? Right. That he says 90% of it is just made up. That's, right? so, so basically That's incredible. He's, he's coming right out and saying, when there's a big case like this, like a Nike fraud case or whatever, or a celebrity doing something bad and extorting people, the R. Kelly one is the one he mentions, he's basically saying 10% of what you see in the public is true, 90% of it is fake. Yeah. And this is from a guy who actually has experience doing this. This is the thing. guy who represents those people, right? Who are... Maybe the 90% who yeah, are faking it. Right. Or the 10% who are telling the truth. Yeah. Or, or sometimes representing the people who are... Uh, being um, defamed, right? So, and so it's just so, incredible so to get like to see behind the curtain, right? So basically, we're getting a look at the inner workings of some of the shady stuff that goes on in entertainment and yeah. these big uh, legal battles and stuff. Okay, right. okay, I can see, I can understand the tingles now. Okay, I get it. All right, and so now he's referencing today. Okay, he says if this is not papered on Monday, we are done. Right? Essentially, if we don't have an agreement in place that you're going to pay me. 20 plus million dollars and pay my client one and a half million dollars we're done and he says i don't want to hear about somebody on a bike trip i don't want to hear that somebody has that somebody's grandmother has passed away or the dog ate my homework i don't want to hear none of it is going anywhere unless somebody was killed in a plane crash right so essentially he's saying no excuses right unless someone dies like we are resolving this thing by monday this guy's a peach he must be great at parties. Like, did you invite the Avenatis? And it's oh, like, good. I I'm love, glad Michael's going to be I there. I love how angry he comes across because a company is slow playing him because they're being, like, they're, they're, they're slow playing him while he's trying to extort them, and he's upset, right? <laughs> he's like, let me extort you faster. Yeah, not only that, but because I'm so angry, I'm going to keep threatening you and yeah. further indicting myself. And, and... To be clear, oh, if it wasn't, myself. No, while, while well, it wasn't, if it wasn't clear already, Nike had no intent. Obviously, they went to the FBI. They had no intention of ever paying this. No. But even if they did, these types of things don't get settled in like a day, right? right? It's like you need some time because like a lot of people have to sign off on that amount of money leaving the company. Right. I mean, even even the Robert Kraft thing where apparently there's a video, it's, t- it's going to take months and months and months for this to resolve itself properly. Um. All right, and so so that's that's essentially that's essentially the complaint. All right, and now, all right. So Monday comes, right? The Monday that he was re- referencing that it, it must all be resolved, right? Well, it wasn't resolved, and so Mike Levinati tweeted out this morning, at, uh, I think it was nine sixteen a.m. Central Time, so adjust for your time zone. Says tomorrow at eleven a.m. Eastern, we will be holding a press conference to disclose a major high school slash college basketball scandal perpetrated by Nike he even tagged Nike that we have uncovered this criminal conduct reaches the highest levels of Nike and involves some of the biggest names in college basketball 
Okay. Less than an hour later, and it was reported really within about 30 minutes, but a tweet from the U.S. Attorney's Office in the Southern District of New York says, press conference today at 2.30 to announce charges against Michael Avenatti for attempting to extract more than $20 million in payments by Nike by threatening to garner publicity to inflict financial and reputational harm if his demands were not met. So this is fantastic because they're like, he comes out and says, we're going to do a press conference tomorrow. And Nike's like, cool, 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 cool. We're going to do one today. (laughs) In fact, (laughs) and... This this tweet was probably the final nail, right? Because they have all of this corroborating evidence, and as soon as he says publicly, "We're doing this press conference," that's all. I mean, they pro- they had enough information beforehand, but having this tweet just really sealed the deal for them, right. right? So now, no matter what he says tomorrow in his press conference, it's like, and we know it's all fake because of this thing that we got going on here. And he was arrested today, mm-hmm. so he's in custody. He hasn't tweeted. Uh, since that he hasn't tweet. tweeted from jail. He has not tweeted from jail. Hmm. Um, I thought when like white collar criminals go to jail, they're like they're given a golden iPhone. Yeah. <laughs> and so, from a legal standpoint, like what an incredible job! If you break it, you jailbreak your yeah. iPhone. <laughs> what an incredible job by the attorneys! They played this masterfully. Uh, well done to to the in house counsel at Nike and their external counsel, uh, the FBI and other law enforcement agencies involved. Uh, hopefully, every procedural thing was in place and they didn't mess this up and evidence doesn't get thrown out. Uh, if nothing else, in the court of public opinion, I think Avenatti is kind of done. Um, but there's more to this. There actually is a... Don't put your books <laughs> away yet, kids. Like, you you may, you may think, oh, Avenatti's going to jail, so, well... The Nike scandal that was to be is no more because obviously he it's it's fruit of the uh, of the tainted tree, right? Sure. Or however that saying goes. Um, Something about fruit, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, but no, like there probably is a scandal somewhere, right? Like if if the claims that this coach had can be substantiated, that Nike was paying players, like. Just because Avenatti was trying to extort Nike doesn't mean that those claims aren't true. Like, often when you try to extort someone, it is with true information, right? You see this a lot when a relationship ends uh, that maybe was like an affair or something like that. The the non-married party or the party who has less to lose says they'll go public with the affair if you don't pay me off, right? Mm. And it's not that the relationship was a fake relationship. It was real, but that, you don't want makes, people to know about it. Right, and that makes the threat have teeth because if someone's yeah. like, okay, I, well, I didn't do this, so go for it. I don't care. Right, exactly. It, this brings me to one of my favorite non-sport scandals. Okay. So this girl uh, posted a picture with herself and Yamir Yager sleeping together. Okay. Like them in bed, like literally sleeping. Like they were yeah. in bed the next morning, right? Lovely. And it was a much younger girl. Okay. And the girl was like, if you don't give me X amount of money, I'm going to post this all over social media and stuff like that. And he was like, go for it. <laughs> Do your thing, girl. Put it all over the place, right? And so in the locker room the next day, all these like tweets and all this Instagram stuff of Yamar Yager with this much younger girl, like sleeping in their bed. And everyone's like, hey, hey, hey Yager. Like, what's going on here? He's like, what do you think is going on there? And it's the greatest non... I mean, Yarmir Yarmir was just like, and? That's how you handle that situation, man. Love that story. 
Great, great story. Another sports scandal story. So one time, this uh, Seattle, uh, St. Louis sports broadcaster accused Albert Pujols of using steroids. That same day, that guy got a call from Albert Pujols' attorneys threatening to sue him for slander. He was fired that day. Yeesh. And he lost his job and he uh, apologized that same day. That's how you handle that kind of situation. Yeah. So so Nike kind of handled it the same way. It was like, oh, really? Boom, boom. Let's get in this before you. Yeah. And as far as Nike's concerned, they're saying they'll cooperate with any type of investigation. Um, You know, Adidas is currently, I think, under investigation right now for similar type things. For the college stuff, And let's not kid ourselves that this type of thing doesn't happen. It's got to be. It's happening. And, you know, whether it's... It should be illegal or not. I think there's a debate to be had there. I think we've been clear on our um, opinions in the past that we feel like players should be paid. So uh, Nike is earning money and not giving any of that money to the players who are wearing their gear to advertise for them. Yeah, I mean... Isn't it, that it, like child labor? Well, in this case, they're they're sponsoring the teams, right? Like the teams are able to travel and things like that because Nike's sponsoring the team. Right. And so what does Nike get out of this? Advertising, right? They get publicity and they get perhaps loyalty to the brand by these kids, right? Right. You grow up wearing Nikes, you want to be a Nike athlete. Right. And so then for these kids, they're not getting compensated by this at all. What's the difference between Well, what? other than the leagues existing, right? Like right. they're able they're okay, they're benefiting because they're benefiting from the exposure as well. Okay. I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. But it's just like the college argument. I mean Right. It, but it is these kids are being taken advantage of is what I'm trying to say. I don't know if they're being taken advantage of because they are getting opportunities they, they get that. and they and they know what they're signing up for. Like I don't I don't even think the college athletes are being taken advantage of. I just think that they have a a skill that's a commodity and they should be properly compensated for it. Like I don't I don't like to use the the terminology of being taken advantage of because to me that implies that. Uh, they don't know that, like, they don't know that someone else is profiting That's off true. of them. I but, think everyone knows they're going in with eyes wide open. I just think people feel like it shouldn't be this way. Right. So, so it it still might not be fair. Was what I'm trying to say. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Sure. I think there's an argument to be made that that it, it's not fair or that it's imbalanced for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um. But you said this Nike thing's not going to win anytime soon. I mean, we're at, well. I don't think so. I we're mean, almost at an hour. I know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I for, for for purposes of the podcast, I think we, we can be we can be done with Nike and uh, and probably done with Avenatti for a while. Oh, real quick, co-conspirator uh, was Mark Garagos. Okay, it was revealed at least reportedly. I don't want to be sued by Mr. Garagos. When he listens, <laughs> he reportedly is Mark Garagos. You may not know him, but he's also a celebrity attorney or represents celebrities. Uh, notoriously, has represented like Chris Brown and, uh, and other people who have trouble. Uh, he's he's representing Jesse Smollett right now, the the Empire actor who oh. who uh, allegedly um, he he faked a beating. Faked faked yeah faked a beating right. Hired some guys to act like they were beating him up and tied a noose around his neck. Uh, so he's, he's representing that guy right now. Hmm. So he represents a lot of uh, celebrities, usually criminal profile, defense. A lot of high-profile cases. And he was also the attorney representing Colin Kaepernick. Against whom? Against the NFL. Colin, Colin Kaepernick, Kaepernick is sponsored by? Nike. So not super like relevant to this this proceeding necessarily this this investigation but just interesting right like you wonder what the thought process was there and what he maybe learned by having a nike client what does he know 
What does he know? Yeah. Well, one thing's for sure. Uh-oh. These attorneys are being ever naughty. Ever naughty. They're naughty, Anthony. They're bad. Bad attorney. So that last segment was heavy. I mean, like, really heavy. Like, law book heavy. Welcome to Sports Law 101. Yeah, that was... I mean, you could teach that, dude. Anyway, so what's going to happen is uh, you're going to read about this elsewhere. You're going to hear about this, all this law stuff going on. And what you're going to get in Sports Center, what you're going to get um, at other places, is not going to be nearly as detailed or as broken down as well as what Anthony just gave you, which is really cool. And I appreciate being able to do that. There are some other sports stuff that I wanted to get to. So I thought for the last like minute of the show, two minutes of the show, just rapid fire what David, uh, things sure. David wanted to talk about. let's do okay? it. The Duke-UCF game was a delight. That Taco! Guy, Taco Falls. Now, if you type in Zion and Taco Falls, you'll actually get pictures and stories about Zion National Park in Utah <laughs> and the waterfalls there. So I tried to show Anthony a picture of Zion Williamson standing next to Taco Falls, and when he Googled that, he actually got waterfalls in Zion National Park, which was delightful. Yeah, I thought over the weekend everyone all of a sudden was super into nature. But uh, well, it was, it was, it was all about Zion Williamson and Taco Falls. So that guy's a monster. He's seven foot six. He's not like Sean Bradley seven <laughs> six either. He's like a beefy seven six. And yeah. watching him dunk is super unimpressive because he just like doesn't even go on his tiptoes. He like flat foot dunks over people. But uh, Duke got a really exciting win. Uh, I don't think the number one sh- the number one seed should not have been tested that much by a nine seed. And yeah. I know some Duke fans that were like unable to text me during the game because they were like uncomfortable with what was going on. They ended up getting the win. Zion Williamson had a monster game. A guy out of UCF, who I've already forgotten his name, had a monster game as well. Shot over like 70% from the field, 50% or more from three, and he played really well. So Taco Fall didn't even get all the shine. It's this other guy from UCF who I'm forgetting right now. Oh, uh, the uh, Dawkins? Yeah, Dawkins. Dawkins. Dude balled yeah. out. Something you see in the tournament is that these teams that are really good, they win on talent in the regular season, yeah. like like Kentucky's of old, right, that would yeah. lose in the Sweet 16 or Elite Eight, uh, even though they have the most talented team, is that they rely so much on the talent throughout the year that they may not, um, like you saw it in this game, they didn't really have an offense. Like it was a lot of give the ball to Barrett, clear out. Give the ball to Zion, clear out. Yeah. And, and so when UCF went to a zone, mm-hmm. Duke had their most – success when they were moving the ball around and shooting it from the outside yeah and all you have to do i mean not all you have to do it's still a hard thing to do but if you're the other team is you just key on in on those two three players that can hurt you and you develop a defense around that and if if one or two of those guys have an off night you have a chance you have a chance and the three ball is the great common denominator in basketball if you can successfully hit three pointers you can play with anybody the the nba has shown that and college teams are catching up ucf almost won that game because of the three ball all right. If you want to see something really fascinating in sports, watch the reception that the new Phoenix Sun signing, Jimmer Fredette, gets when he goes and plays at opposing Utah tonight. <laughs> yeah. He will get a bigger reception than John Stockton or Carmelone ever did. And if you don't know why, just do a little research. Jimmer Fredette was recently called one of the 100 best college basketball players ever. Really? He played for BYU, and he was a sensation. He has since been tearing it up in China after a cup of coffee in the league. And he is called the lonely god over there in China. (laughs) 
Do you know why? Not because no. he's always by himself. He's social and stuff, and the guys like him on the shooting team. Shooting so far from the basket? <laughs> Maybe. But also because he's alone. Like, his, like he is so talented oh. over there in China that he he's is... He's on a different level. He is. Like a god on top of his mountain. There's no one oh. near him at his level. But what a watch, cool nickname. Right? Watch... I'm sure it sounds cooler in Chinese, too. But the lonely god <laughs> is returning it. to... what? I was going to try and say what it would sound like in Chinese, but I decided not to offend our listener. So, Jimmer, if you want to be fascinated by something interesting in sports, watch the reception that Jimmer Fredette gets in Utah tonight as he plays his first game for the Phoenix Suns. Cool. Okay. Big baller brand is done. Probably. We'll see. Uh, yeah, so Lonzo severed ties uh, from Big Baller Brand. They had a, uh, a guy running the company. So, LeVar was always the face of it, the brains behind the operation. But the actual guy carrying out the day-to-day stuff, the business manager, uh, Alan Foster's his name, he uh, reportedly has uh, maybe embezzled like one and a half million dollars. The financial advisor for Alonzo's financial advisor said, you know, we can't like file your taxes because we can't account for this one and a half million dollars um, for you and, and the company. And so uh, reportedly embezzled by this dude. And he was like a family friend that, they, that they met in like 2010. Apparently from 2002 to 2009, he was in prison for like a Ponzi scheme. So vet your employees. A little bit better, I guess, next time. Super, uh, super crazy. There's a Ramona Shelburne for ESPN did a great story on it. I recommend you read it if you have some time, like a half hour. It's a long story. But um, the takeaway... Says you. Yeah, the takeaway here is that Lonzo, Lonzo's a free agent. Like, his stock's kind of low right now. Unless you're an NBA analytics nerd, then you'd say it's maybe high. But um, I think the eye test people still don't give Lonzo his due. And the Nike people probably, uh, where he's rumored to... Eat, either be signing or wanting to sign he changed his uh he posted instagram uh picture of him like in 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 the lakers jerseys and the rafters the retired jerseys his jersey up there and it says it's only crazy until you do it which was the tagline serena used in her nike ad um and so whether or not that's like sanctioned by nike if it's his like plea to nike or if it's them saying yeah start to to leak these things out and we'll make an official announcement. We'll see. Lon- Lonzo be flirting. Um, Lonzo be flirting. But it coincides nicely with, with uh, it coincides nicely with a meeting he had recently with the Lakers. Lakers were concerned that maybe his ankle issues that he's had over the past three years have been due to Big Baller Brand shoes. Ooh. Uh, that, we, that's not good for the, ball, the big baller brand. Well, yeah, that brand is probably no more. But uh, have, you, have you heard the stories about like they ordered you ordered your shoes and then in like advance, a year later maybe a year you later get, get there maybe and they would be a whole like a completely different yeah. shoe than what you ordered. Yeah, they have an F with the business better business bureau. Like literally, they have an F. Um, that's hard to do. But he, they, they, you have to try. Lakers asked him if he'd consider wearing a different shoe, and he said, "Yeah, he'd probably wear like the the Kobe's or LeBron's." And so both Nike athletes, by the way. Interesting. Also, something we didn't cover a little bit earlier. So the first uh, game of the NFL season is generally the Super Bowl champion and whoever. Yeah. This year, however, uh, Robert well, so Kraft. It would have been the, the Patriots. Right? right. Robert Kraft's team. And he's in the news for all the wrong reasons. <laughs> so he. But uh, he gave such a heartfelt apology. Sure he did. Whatever. And so uh, in the NFL, ever the shrewd business, instead of having the Patriots be the first game of the NFL season on Thursday night, it is going to be the Packers and the Bears. Mm. It's the 100th season of the NFL, which is cool, which is kind of like, okay, let's have two of the original teams there, the Bears and the Packers play, which is cool, but it also seems like cool, 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 the cheaty. But it seems like the NFL is burying this 
uh, Robert Kraft situation. It's a very convenient way to not have to interview Robert Kraft on the opening, or at least highlight the story right. on the opening night of the season. So instead of Robert Kraft being there and being uh, the face of... Uh, the grainy surveillance video face of the <laughs> NFL, right? Instead, it's going to be... I recognize that, Mole. <laughs> instead, it's going to be a Thursday night game, a bunch of Sunday games, and then, like, the last game of the night, yeah, it's going to be the Patriots against whoever. And, I mean, it's, it's crafty mm. by the NFL to do that. I think it's cheesy. Do you? No. Oh. Crackers in trouble. Crack, crack. <laughs> this is worse than the Brady Bunch. Maybe. Oh. Anyway. There's a story. Of a man named Brady. Mm. Um, You're not going to do more? Oh, like no, you, I was that. I was just... you. I, I was throwing that up for you. Because I thought that you were going to have more. So I was like, I'll play along as long as there's a good payoff. And the payoff was me just saying of a man named Brady. <laughs> who was dreaming of getting younger still. Uh, who's who's Brady gonna throw to next season? Cause uh, doesn't matter. It really doesn't. It doesn't matter. It's a plug and play offense. He made Chris Hogan a star in the Super Bowl. <laughs> Chris bleeping Hogan. Well, one person he probably won't be throwing to is Gronk. Rob Gronkowski announced his retirement. Uh, I think his, but but I think later in the day his agent was like, eh, I could see him uh, maybe playing a few games. Oh my god. I think they'll probably like get near the playoffs right or they'll, they'll like clinch the playoffs and he'll be like yeah i'll come out for the playoffs whatever if his body was in better shape then he'd keep playing he's 30 uh, it's amazing how the wear and tear of these guys you know especially someone like him yeah you know they're never gonna flag anyone for tackling him illegally right like a shot to the head he's or just shot, too big it's, just, it's the shack factor yeah exactly right? shack took a ton of punishment that he never got foul calls for because he was so much bigger and more physical than the play, guys he was playing against so things don't look like fouls lebron gets this quite a bit too uh yeah and i think he gets this quite a bit as well yeah so in terms of why uh in terms of tight ends i mean for sure hall of famer and uh, I mean, one of the greats. I mean, yeah. you got your Tony Gonzalez. Mm-hmm. Antonio Gates. Antonio Gates. As far as just like the best football players, I think Gronk's really high up there. Yeah. You don't know how much of that is the system he was in, the quarterback he was playing with, and the coaches he had. But I mean, you can't. I mean, Tony Gonzalez played really great with no name quarterbacks. I don't know. It's hard. It's hard to go through it. So speaking of retirements, though. One of the best baseball players ever in the history of the world retired this year, and he went out in a really, really cool way. Okay. So the Mariners played uh, their oh, opening yeah. series. Baseball's opening series this year was in Japan. And Ichiro Suzuki is, is on the Mariners roster. He went to Japan and played in those games until he was the player of record, right, each day, which is super cool. So we got the start and stuff. He got huge standing ovations. Everyone in the stadium wanted to film him and, and see what was going on. And he got to go and play in Japan, his home country, and play his last few games. And at the end of that series, in Japan, he retired. That's so cool. It was such a cool way to end his career. And I think because he's faded and didn't get a lot of playing time later in his career, people forget how good he was. Yeah. And he'll for sure, I mean, he'll for sure be a Hall of Famer, no question. But can you imagine if he played his entire career in Major League Baseball? Yeah, he had... Internationally and in the major leagues, he had more hits than Pete Rose. Yeah, it's incredible. I mean, he had got over 3,000 hits in Major League Baseball only. And that's after he came here to the United States. And his arm 
is still one of the better arms in baseball at age 78 or whatever he is. I mean, he still throws the ball. He's still got a chooch, Anthony. He's still got a chooch. And so it's really cool to see him go out in such a really cool way. And I imagine Gronk would want to go out the same kind of way to be at the Patriots' home and then retire. You know, the the AFC Championship game. It's where they live every year. Someone's got to stop them. But who? Clearly not Andy Reid. I mean, clearly. Maybe the Browns can, you know? They got that quarterback Mayfield. They got Odo Beckham Jr. Maybe the Browns will beat them. How about that? I mean, it's crazy that we're even saying that, isn't it? The Browns might make the playoffs and do well. Does that feel weird to you? If I don't push stop, are you just going to keep talking? I don't know. I might just keep talking anyway because this Browns thing is fascinating. This has been the Subjectively Correct Sports Podcast with David Henderson and Anthony Montague. Tune in weekly for sports talk and other stuff.